The Athletic. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show live from the Jolly Gardeners Putney. After Fulham secured the championship trophy after a 7-0 win over Luton Town. It was a mesmeric evening, records smashed all over the gaff. And I'm joined in a small shed right now by five Fulhamish regulars slash originals. So I'll go around the table. Ben Jarman, hello. Hello, Sammy. Has anyone seen Don Betts? <laughs> I have. He's locked himself in a bathroom and I don't want to make any more comments. We thought I thought this was maybe already giddy enough about Don Betts on the pod. Jack Collins, hello. Hello, listeners. How are we? Good, thank you. Farrell Monk, hello. Hello, what's your name? You all right? I'm fine, thank you. Peter Rutzler from The Athletic, hello. Hello, Sammy. I also had a very strange conversation with Don Betts. It was a very warm <laughs> Okay, Honestly, it was like three, four minutes of conversation. It wasn't even a conversation. Has anyone had a normal conversation with Don Betts? Never, I've known no. him for 10 Hands years. Hands up, anyone? Uh, no, no, hands. Um, Andrew Heatley, Hello. Hello, Sammy. I watched uh, the trophy presentation with Don Betts, who said to me, I'm so fucking happy I'm not doing a pod layer. (laughs) Make of that what you will. Well, look, we're straight after the game and emotions are high. We haven't necessarily had time to gather our thoughts. So apologies. It may not be the most coherent podcast you ever get, but it's celebratory. It's excited. And of course... Fulham FC are champions. It is a wonderful day. Drew, you've taken a look through the three-word reviews. What are the best ones that came in? I certainly have. Um, The ones that summed up for me, we've had Tim Elkington uh, with Mitro's perfect finish. Brilliant. Uh, We've got Tom Greatrix of this parish. uh, Very wide margins. Uh, Rachel Stevens-Hall, who's come up with a lot recently. They were great. Tipping the Hatters, which I really liked. Oh, lovely. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Alvar, which is FFC Alvar, history records perfection. You can't get better than that. But I think uh, one of my favourites today is uh, Adrian Gavin, 100 goals. Well, let's get on to the game. I mean, there's so much to put into a podcast. I don't really know where to start. Mitrovic broke Guy Whittingham's second tier, 46 game league record it rolls off the tongue we broke 100 goals we scored seven for the third time in a season we've broken 90 points and we have won the title ben we said before this podcast that the lads deserve to have it done in this fashion but my word did they step up to the plate today we were worried well i turned up about half two to jolly gardeners and i saw farrell monk and he said to me, hello, mate, how are you doing? And I was fumbling around with a chair because I was so nervous. I didn't know what to say back to him. But I think the thing that stood out for me is not just the performance on the pitch. I think it's in the stands afterwards. You see people of, you know, anywhere from sort of like five to 80 years old having the time of their lives, like hugging their, their family, their friends, the people that they've sat next to for 40 and 50 years because this is an exemplary moment for them and having such a great time but on the pitch the football today was incredible we got a little bit accused of being one-dimensional in the games running up to this but I thought today it was everything that was great about Fulham the passing the movement the one touches the the flair the finishing everything about Fulham today was brilliant on and off the pitch and it makes you proud to be a fan of us doesn't it 
I felt so proud. I was almost teary, emotional at times, Jack. I know you said that when Mary Southgate, the yeah. captain of the Fulham women's team, what a lovely touch that was. So Such many, a nice touch. There's so many lovely touches today. We will forget lovely touches that happened today because there was just so many things to, to pack into your memory. But when she came onto the pitch to present the trophy, it was just one of those moments which yeah, the hair stood up on the back of your neck, didn't they? Because that this day was just one of those that will go down in Fulham folklore, up there with Aston Villa, the playoff final, Derby in the playoff semi-final, the Europa League semi-final. It, it, it is straight into easily the top 10 of Fulham days and probably top three when we actually go back and look at it one day. Yeah, absolutely amazing, was it? And also to do it in such emphatic fashion, I think it, it is so, so important. I think the fourth goal going in was the moment I was like, we've done it. And I was really emotional at that point. Four. <laughs> yeah, it took me to four. Tell me you're Fulham no, without saying yeah, you're Fulham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it really was though. It was like it was that fourth goal going in, and I was like, I think we're there. And that was the real like, okay, we're gonna do it. And I got really emotional at that point. I got really emotional when Mitrovic scored the seventh. And then there was this kind of lull. Obviously, there was a pitch invasion, which is, was great, and everyone had a great time and whatever. Um, I thought it was a bit greedy for me to try and go on the pitch twice in the space of a week, so I left it this time. But, um, you know, you look at the you look at that, and everyone was having such an amazing time. And then there was this kind of lull between that and the trophy coming out. There was a lot of stage building, which took a long time. And it kind of, not to the gloss off by any stretch of the imagination, but there was that kind of moment where you were like, oh, it's kind of just calmed down a, a kind of wee touch after the kind of elation of the seventh goal going in. Um, but Mary Southgate taking the trophy out, and you know, for those that, that don't know that backstory, she's a lifelong Fulham fan, season ticket holder, went on to become captain of the women's team. I just burst into tears, like genuinely, just straight burst into tears. And I think also because a lot of but people around you don't tend to know what that is. I think people were a bit like, "What's going on here? Why is he so emotional about this? Like, is he his cousin?" Like, what, 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 but it for was, us season fans, we've seen Jack Collins cry oh, quite I a lot. Cry, Fulham I cry games. all the time, but like that—that's not the point. It I remember really was sobbing after Villa. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I sob a lot. <laughs> like, I, I like a cry, but this—that really did like hit me. I thought that was a, a really nice moment, and like you say, a really nice touch. Um, and look, we can go through the game and talk about all those things, but just want a word for Harry Wilson, who I thought was absolutely ridiculous today, like a different class. And I know it was a couple of misplaced passes and a couple of things that didn't quite work in the terms of through balls, but the vision and the execution to put that seventh through for Mitrovic on its own, worthy of a moment, like for Harry Wilson. Like, he could have gone alone and scored there, I think. Like, the defender was caught between two sessions, but he was trying to cut the passing lane. And for Wilson to find that space for Mitrovic to score and break the record... I just thought it was sensational. Well, Harry Wilson, man of the match for me today and, and just such a good performance. I mean, Farrell, we've scored seven in a game three times in a season. It will never get better than this season. And look, we're just drinking it in. We're enjoying the moments. But this season has just been ridiculous. And this was the send-off it deserved. Look, I know we've got another game to go against Sheffield United where there's... I, there is nothing to play for against Sheffield United at Bramwell Lane apart from us just all enjoying a nice day out in Sheffield. But this was the send-off that they deserved, wasn't it? And, and to go out in that style just sums up this season. Yes, maybe it's not the record championship points scored. Yes, maybe there have been technically better championship teams. But my word, will we remember this one for a long time to come? And that's the thing, like... We became a little bit accustomed to the fact like we're going to break so many records this year. But when you actually look at it, the fact that these, some of these records have stood for such a long time just shows that even though we've 
broken quite a few this year shows what a special season that is. I'm happy to break three or four this year and be happy with it. And, you know, the fact that, you know, for Fulham to do those things just feels really, really amazing to me. I mean, you know, it's the first title winning season for 20 years. Let's savour these moments. It doesn't come around very often. It has been an emphatic season. Yes, there have been a little bit of blips here and there, but 7-0 three times in a row. I watched with such glee on TV when we put Blackburn to the sword 7-0 and I thought, I'm never going to see Fulham win 7-0. And yet we do it two more times that year. That's incredible. I'm never going to forget that. Well, Drew, you were saying earlier that you didn't make Blackburn or Reading. I remember being gusted missing Blackburn and then delighted that I managed to make Reading so that I saw one of them. I mean, it was a special atmosphere today and the scarves that two or three of us are still wearing actually really did play their part as well. And someone said to me beforehand that when the teams were coming out and the scarves were going and the crowd was going... There is no way we're going to lose today. There is no way with this atmosphere. I don't care how good a run Luton are on or how difficult they are to break down. There was an air and inevitability when the team came out that this was the day. And and we, we, we were nervous before. I remember you saying you were nervous before. We were all nervous before because we just didn't want to mess this up. But actually, we should have known. Yeah, we should have known. Like sometimes it's written, and the, look, credit to the club—they know how to put on a, a show of support when the when the time is there. And you, you know, you talk about sing when you're winning. There is an element of that, but I tell you what, today when they came out, it was absolutely spectacular. I was sat there humming Premier League. I'm wearing a scarf. Like it was, you know, it's great. Beat the clappers every day of the week. Give me a scarf. I'm very happy. Hey, and they're springy as well. They're, you know, this will see me through the winter. I'm very happy. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I'm just calling people out. But were you just? Did you make that up on your own and just like you were just humming it, like yeah, singing around? You were like yeah. Premier League, um, wearing a scarf. Premier League, I'm wearing, wearing a scarf. scarf. Hey. You'll all be singing it later. Can't We're... wait to sing that one in August. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that Jack has taken on the anti-knockout <laughs> role for this podcast. Yeah. Basically, sit in the corner, just getting involved whenever he wants. Just, uh, you're just knee-sliding straight well, into I've this podcast. I've seen Jack knee-slide down the Johnny we, Gardner we so many times today. To, we will have to talk about the knockout knee-slide later. But, section. but <laughs> part three is just Anthony Knockout. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I was terrified. It was excellent when it came out. Did anyone expect the seven? No, but I'm very pleased to have been part of one of the three sevens that we had. Um, we talk about there was a day full of lovely touches. As Jack alluded to, most of them came from Harry Wilson today. Lovely day. <laughs> um, Peter, what was your view from the press box? What did you make of it? I just, I can't, I can't believe what we've seen. I can't believe what we've just witnessed the football at times today was just scintillating the second half in particular I, I, I noticed that um, Jackie Oatley who um, commentator broadcaster generally for like Premier League said that the NHS should prescribe Fulham to people that are a bit down because their football is so enjoyable and look, <laughs> it might come back to bite us next year <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't it <laughs> it might be a bit hyperbole it might be a bit much but I certainly came away from Craven Cottage just feeling enriched by the football that we saw on the pitch, let alone all the rest of it, all the off-pitch stuff, the pitch invasion, the trophy lift, etc. The football in the second half was just electric. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so rare when you get so many different things come together in a moment like that. And I think it helps that Fulham had that sort of bad run of form. It was the worst run of form of the season, wasn't it? So... 
yeah, we've been not that great lately. No, it's not been good. It's not been good. Three defeats in five, but to come back in and and end the season at home with a win like that, because it, it almost felt like we all know how good this season's been. We know that Fulham have been exceptional. There have been some incredible results. But you didn't want it to end on that back of that run of form. You didn't want it to end, you know, with that yeah, that's like sluggishness, really. So to come out and to to play the way they did, to score the goals they did, which we've seen before, sure, we've seen it before, but to do it then, to win the title, like there is no better way to win the title. And you can you can just feel it when you're there. Like, I'm, I know you guys mentioned Blackburn already, but you think back to the Blackburn game, and you can, you, when you're there, you feel it, that this is there's something special going on here. And you got that same sense before kickoff, really. Even with the scarves, you know, with the fact that they laid all the scarves out and you could just see the, the white and black everywhere. That, there's always that anticipation for a game like this, but it just it was just something there that you feel in there's the fact that Mitch Fish broke the record, you know, the fact that Fulham hit seven again and John Michel Seri scored from oh, the I bench. I didn't even mention that. Oh, that was one of the things I was supposed to mention. Such a good And finish. Tete. Tete, Kenny with, Tete a, with his swinger. You know, like, his game is life. Kenny Tete. Kenny Tete, Tete was yeah. unbelievable. Insane. This guy has played in a Champions League semi-final but celebrated that as goal as if it was a World Cup final goal. I'm all for it. And then he came to take over a throw-in and like smiled as if it was like the best day of his entire yeah. life. It just lights everyone's life. He loves scoring in the seven nils, doesn't he? That's the only other time he scored this season was uh, against yeah, Reading. Yeah. I mean, Ben Luton were dogged for the first 20 minutes, kind of made a few openings. They had a couple of moments which I was like, oh, oh, oh no. I, I never was truly worried that they were going to score, but... It was Kearney that, that opened the scoring. Kearney kind of started the move, ended the move. It was a Wilson assist, helped by the fact that there was a Luton player kind of down, injured at the time. And, and Fulham were perfectly within their rights to, to not put the ball out. They didn't, and they managed to take advantage of that situation. And you just noticed at the moment that it went 1-0... That's it. I, I, that was, you know, Jack said it was when we scored four that he was confident. I was pretty confident after one. Yeah, completely. I think, well, firstly, I think you have to say that Luton missing quite a lot of key players in the run up to this game. Oh, yeah, look. Like, obviously, Elijah Adebayo, their top scorer, and a couple of really key midfielders, a couple of, of wide players as well, and their centre half, Sonny Bradley, was missing. So, obviously, they're a little bit depleted. But, as you said, the opening 10 minutes, they really made us work for it they set up in a formation that they know we don't like with the two strikers sat on Ream and Adarabayo I thought that their wing backs had a really good effect on the opening 10 minutes of the game they were really hurried in midfield they cut all the passing lanes they sat on Harrison Reed. it's basically everything that we say on the podcast every week that they that is detrimental to Fulham playing well they did and it was wasn't until Mitrovic started dropping deeper and Harry Wilson started advancing past him and the same with Fabio Carvalho, we really started to see the gaps appear in Luton. And as you say, the, the first goal was exemplary. It was, it was probably our second best move of the opening half. I thought around about 22 minutes in, we had a really nice counter-attack that Mitrovic was slid in down the channel and um, Matt Ingram, the emergency goalkeeper, saved. But it wasn't until Kenny opened that scoring with that exemplary finish that it was like, OK, shackles are off for Fulham now. We started to see Fabio chopping inside and out and taking Henry Lansbury for a ride all the way through the midfield, which was incredible to watch. Um, I really loved Fabio's performance from that, that point onwards. It was like he had, the pressure had been lifted off his shoulder and he'd become 
instrumental to everything that Fulham did. And as Jack said, Harry Wilson was brilliant. But for me, uh, the thing that made... Jack was talking earlier about how Mary Southgate made him emotional. The, the thing that made me emotional was seeing Tom come back out with that trophy with Aubrey. And, you know, just knowing everything he'd been through for the past couple of years to now be back to... Th- th- he's not the Tom Kenny we know and Tom Kenny we love, but he's a different Tom Kenny now. And that finish today was remarkable. He, he binned it, he top binned it. That the celebration was insane over at the cottage, everyone out of their seats. It was like the talisman had returned to Fulham. It was the talisman we hadn't been, we, we'd been without for a couple of years. And to see him come back in that fashion, for me, just it was just like a, it was almost like a full circle for Tom. You know, he'd been through so much of it, a knee injury that wasn't particularly well diagnosed with treatment that never really got to the root of the problem. And then to see him obviously come back and hit that wonderful goal on his return after however many months out. But for him to effectively seal the title for the team that he captains, uh, just underline how much of a club legend he really is for me. That is Mitrovic for Fulham right now. Yeah, the records are nice and everything, but it's all about the victory. And he's been keep, he keeps saying that every interview. I mean, there might be the, you know, the press team saying to him, this is what you should say. But, you know, it, he is... He's been laying, He's been doing this all season. Sh- but show this. Show this performance to, to everyone tonight. It's a performance of a mature striker. I think it's someone that's got a coach that really believes in him. Because you wouldn't have got this out of him playing under Parker at all. But you you got someone that through throughout the season has grown and has oscillated into a different player. It's potentially got a bit of the England number nines about him when he's decided he's going to go back and play in midfield like Wayne Rooney and Harry Kane do but if he could do, not do that next season that'd be great but I think today it worked perfectly It's interesting I'm just thinking back to the three seven nils Peter and like Mitrovic actually in all of those three seven nils I remember the Reading game he, he got a couple but they were kind of similar time Blackburn he only scored one he has got this performance in him where he can set up the the rest of the team as well it's not just that he's a great goal scorer but I want to come on to the fact that he broke Guy Whittingham's record he spoke about it at the EFL awards quite a bit he was asked quite a few times you know aims for the season he mentioned he mentioned this specific record and I remember on a podcast recently me you and Jack talked about do you think Mitro knows and you said I remember you saying specifically of course he knows and for him to do it, he took his shirt off at the end. It was it was exceptional, wasn't it, that, that he got that moment to do it. And I honestly didn't see the seventh coming because we were so close to the end of the match. I remember thinking, OK, well, if there's one thing that's needed for the Sheffield United game, it's Mitro to break the record. But for them, him to do it just just completed the season, didn't it? If, if there was tick boxes, it was it was done. That's it. It's done. Perfect night, wasn't it? Perfect night. And I think Jack described it really well when talking about how he's playing so selflessly and, and dropping deep and uh, almost as if he, he needed to do it to help with the game. Um, Marco Silva said afterwards that when talking about Mitrovic that with about 15 minutes to play, he just turned to him and said, just get up front, get up, get, get on the last man. You've done, you've done your bit down there. Because he could have had a couple of assists in the first half, you know, when Wilson rounds the keeper and Carvalho. Um, it's, you know, it's <laughs> for him... To, to round off the, his performance with the goals the way he did. Two fantastic finishes, two chances, two goals. We know that's, that's what he does best, but um, that record is genuinely astonishing. Like, it is incredible that he's got to 43 goals. Um, it, it's a joint club record now with, with Frank Newton from 1931 to 32. Oh, he has got one more thing to chase. Yeah. So he can, he he can, can break, break the club that. record in a season if he scores one against Yes, United. he can. So... Um, Bonzo's record. Bonzo's Bonzo. record. 
The boy Can we Bonzo. call him Alexander Bonzo Mitrovic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an honour that it could be for Alexander to get Bonzo added to his name. And of course, you did speak to Guy Whittingham earlier in this season. That athle- that, that piece is still available on The Athletic to read. I, uh, I noticed a, a, a sneaky like from Guy Whittingham with the goal tweet for Mitrovic breaking the record. So he, he was all over it. So Guy knows. Guy can, knows. We, can we get him a forever Fulham award? <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine Ivan doing that at half-time it's Wolves in October. This is the guy that Alexander beat, and we're like, "Yay, guy!" Can we can we talk? Can we talk about this? Might be the most popular Forever Fulham Award that was happened today. Oh, well, I think this is the moment for Drew Heatley. This is the moment to talk about the cult icon Dennis Adoy. First of all, can we talk about the fact that fake Dennis Adoy was lifted aloft at the Hammersmith end? And I know who this is. It's a guy called Luke Sargent, and he does the Full and Focus podcast. And he was... <laughs> Everyone thought it was Dennis Adoy. It wasn't Dennis. Oh, my God. Oh, what? At the oh, end did of you the... not know this? So, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive to Fulhamish podcast. Oh, literally, I am, I am up at the... I'm literally near the back of the Hammersmith, but before the uh, the singers. And I, and I was just looking, I was like... What I thought was, oh, Dennis, but like, I said to myself, well, what a dick, because like, they're literally all coming off, and I want to see the trophy, right? So like, I'm thinking, it's nearly at the end, like, and then, oh, now here you are. Well, for sure, you at the beginning. Also, somebody was, uh, it was Dom, sorry, he said, oh, he's in the, um, he's in the cottage balcony. So part of me was like, how did he get down that quickly? Okay, fair enough. I was half looking. I was mostly talking to I Dom. Thought, no, 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 no. I thought it was Dennis as well. I had no idea until after the game and some guy collared myself, Jack and Ben in Bishop's Park and was just like, you know that, you know that, wasn't, you know that wasn't Dennis Adore that was hell. being lifted at the Hammersmith end. Yeah, no. Um, it's a guy called Luke. He does the Full and Focus podcast. He's really good. Well, um, I've, he's yeah, a nice guy. I've heard of Luke. I've heard of Luke a lot of times. So, okay, so... Did Dennis get allowed onto the podium for the trophy celebration? Oh my god, that would be so no, weird. Again, as well. Luke, Again, I'm so actually, far away. It actually was just the biggest ruse of all time. Dennis wasn't even here today. Fuck me. <laughs> right, good. Okay, no, excellent. And it was Dennis it was actually Dennis as well at half time that got given the Forever Fulham Award. My next question was, did David Daly give him the Forever Fulham no, Award? No, it's Farrell, because right, yeah. he owns a club. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it was a lovely touch of today that Dennis was involved. That I was, was the point I was gonna come up to. I was so happy Dennis was there today. It was the quickest Forever Fulham Award we've ever been awarded, because let's be honest, you know, l- last week we had uh, Terry Angus, who I bloody well love as well, but he was Terry Angus was playing in my first ever Fulham game, Fulham, uh, Fulham 4, Barnett Neil 95. So Dennis has only been gone for a cup of coffee, but he got the award. But I'll tell you what, there's no one more deserving. I was very pleased for him to be there today. It just added to the vibes of the Championship Day. And... I was so happy when I thought that he was getting lifted aloft by the crowd, in a way, because I also wanted the trophy to be celebrated. But it wasn't him. Still enjoyed it. Yeah, look, also, the other thing that was really nice was, I don't know if anyone saw this, Adoy came out, obviously, after everyone had been like announced, and he didn't get his kind of announcement in, in, in those ways. Well, but I he thought came it was out, a bit strange. I did as well, but you know, it is what it is. And maybe he didn't want that as well. So you got a better. He also didn't want to go onto the podium. He was just going to stand on the side and Mitrovic just grabbed him yeah, yeah, and like yeah. pulled him onto I it. And I thought that was a really nice touch. He's like, you were part of this squad. What are you, what are you saying? Get up here. You man, I also man. love the fact that everyone's, when the crowd started singing, oi, 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 Dennis Adoy, the, basically the whole podium started doing it as well. Like shows how, popular he was with the crowd as much as he was with the players as well 
Yeah. I, I mean, Ben, the whole trophy celebration moments were exceptional. Uh, um, Anthony Knockart doing knee slides in front of the Hammersmith ends. There was lots of lifting the trophy aloft to the Hammersmith ends. Lots of good songs and celebrations. Mitro's on fire a few times. A great rendition of Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. It, it felt like the whole thing just went on. I enjoyed Eric Prid's call on me. <laughs> 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 me too. so good. It did give me flashbacks to when... Um, Diddy David Hamilton stood on a big cherry picker at, in Hamburg at the Europa League final, and he and he and he said to the Fulham crowd, he was like, "Fulham fans, this is your big song. We want to hear you make some noise for Black Eyed Peas." I got a feeling. Uh, what? Sick though, what tune? <laughs> it's still, I think they were hoping for Anthony Tim Ream. Anthony. We never. I never expected to get alive. This will catch this, on. This uh, won't catch on. Um, <laughs> But Ben, that <laughs> moment at the cottage, all of the players doing different things, lifting the trophy, all the different songs. It was a lovely moment that, that made you just a bit proud to, of this club. And you saw the scarves swirling and stuff. It was a moment that, yes, the playoff final was, was special. Um, and I guess the Brentford game was special and all the Europa stuff was special. But that was something unique today. That is something that we haven't really seen. I know that... Obviously, 20 years ago, we lifted the Division One title, but it's been a long time since we've had a moment like that at the cottage, and it's something to cherish. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, as I said in, in my sort of preamble at the start, it's great because it, it feels like Fulham became a community once again. You know, those people that hadn't seen hadn't seen it. I, I stood next to a man today. He was, he was very kind enough to, to lend me a ticket for today's game, and he, he cried three or four times throughout the duration of the game and afterwards as well. And I think that that's it. Him and his son were there and have been coming. Was it Jack? For, yeah, it was Jack. Um, he, he's been coming for, for 40 years. Uh, he's been a season ticket holder for that long in the same seat, would you, would you believe? Um, and I feel like today rebuilt the bridges that everyone had thought were would gone after the, after those, um, obviously, the, the relegations that we've suffered in the past few years. But today was a feeling like no other. When you know that you're champions, no one can overcome you anymore. To see them raise that trophy a game early, knowing that next week we can go into Sheffield United and we can enjoy ourselves. And anyone going to Sheffield United next week just is going to bring the party atmosphere and it's going to be such a great away day to go to. And Jack is absolutely begging to get on this mic. So no, Just because the last time we went to Sheffield on the last day of a season, was obviously that Wednesday yeah, game and it was just like we'd already done it it didn't yeah, matter yeah. and we all had a great time and then that man decided to get himself recklessly sent off for no reason yeah. and then we battered them and it was great vibes it was only it ended 2-1 as well quite weirdly even though they got a man sent off like straight away yeah all right, Farrell, let's come on to just a few of the goals in particular. I remember having a similar dilemma after the Blackburn and Reading games where it's hard to analyse when there's seven goals. It's hard to do a complete dissection over each of them. I've, I feel like, for me, Decadova Reed's goal came after just an incredible state of Fulham passing. It came. It's one of those goals that comes after the crowd is going, hey, 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 after each pass. And then the ball into Decadova Reed was just sublime. The finish was beautiful. It was at that, that moment where I felt like, oh, okay, we're in a we're in the taking the piss kind of mood today. We were actually going to batter them rather than just win this nice and comfortably. I've got to say, this is probably one of the one of the points where I thought Decadova Reed it was better than Cabano today. I do like obviously I like Nisi and Cabano, whatever. But today I felt 
Declan Overeed was quality. He was very energetic. He caught Luton a lot of, off guard. And there was a lot of times because Luton tried to make it really, really feisty. And it wasn't just him. It was Harry Wilson, like someone said before. Um, it, Carvalho has always been a bit tenacious and whatnot. And obviously Mitrovic is Mitrovic. But it, everyone in that front four, um, you know, picking up those loose balls. And that's Reed as well as anyone as any one of them. And he got his reward for it. And I thought... <laughs> and he got his reward for it. And... This was other something else that someone I think Ben said earlier earlier about um, the fact that we were being quite one dimensional recently about the fact that we've just been getting the ball passing our wide crossing it in and that would not have worked if for example if for example Sonny Bradley was in today you know we've seen it time and time again for the past few weeks and it's probably why it's not really worked against some of these teams and what we were doing better today was getting it into positions that the opposition couldn't really handle us. You know, we were getting it not just why we were getting it in between each centre-back because they were obviously playing three at the back like most teams play against us. We were getting it in between players rather than just getting out wide and crossing it in, which does work quite a lot of the time because we've got a player like Alexander Mitrovic this time. But we utilise the strength of people like Deca Dover-Reed to win the ball, get it into positions like that, and he got his reward for it. And it was a great finish. The same way that Fabio Carvalho's was fairly similar, the way he just got in between the two centre-backs, turned, finished, it was great. But we haven't seen that for a few games, and it worked tonight. Every single time it seemed to work, and it was great to look at. Just a couple of final thoughts from me. All seven finishes were exceptional. When you look back on that, I was literally in the pub, in the Jolly Gardeners, sat waiting for my brother to get served, and I watched all seven goals on the Sky Sports app, and I was like, fuck me, they were all excellent. Point number one. Point number two, Bramwell Lane, next weekend. Mitro's got the record. If there's a pen, can we give it to Harrison Reed, please? Yes. Yeah, behind this. I know, I want to give it to Tim Ream, because he's always got a great record in penalties. <laughs> no, it's got, it has to be Harrison Reed. That is the last thing from this season. That is pure perfection. Every outfield player scoring a goal. Finally, it's Harrison Reed. Nathaniel Chalaber. <laughs> Finally, it's Harrison Reed at the Bramble Lane spot. <laughs> um, Peter, Marcus Silva got a fantastic reception, um, particularly when he was the kind of last man out of the tunnel um, and the, the Marcus Silva chant was in full flow. He really enjoyed the moments at the Hammersmith end as well. I saw him talking about the atmosphere. I, seem, I think he particularly loved that as well. He's been talking a lot about the, the atmosphere at Craven yeah, Cottage <laughs> in the last few weeks. He kind of moaned about Coventry, then was quite excited about Preston, then particularly loved today. But he's a, he's a man that I think the Fulham fans have not instantly given their hearts to. I think he's had to win over the Fulham fan base. He obviously has now after what he's achieved. I think he's enjoying himself. Like it's always, he's kind of a hard man to read, isn't he? As to whether he's just like, just doing what he needs to do, clapping the fans. But I think he enjoyed today. I think he did. I think he did, but he's always that straight nosed professional, isn't he? So, yeah. um, no, he he definitely did, and uh, yeah, obviously he wants the atmosphere like that every week next year in the Premier League. Yeah, so that was, uh, a bit of, that was a bit of an odd statement. I was like, okay, no, but mate, he's he's made can, a point. If you of can it. win the league every week, then maybe it might be like that. Yeah, he's made a point of it. I think he he, he recognises the value of of what what having a good home atmosphere can have, particularly in the Premier League. And I, you can get that, you can get that. Um, but as you say, it's been you know for him, it's been 
a fantastic season. I mean, there's a vindication element, I think, for him to step down to the championship, to take the job. Um, there were other jobs on the table. We could have taken the Fenerbahce job, could have stayed at a top level, sort of near European level. Um, but he, he's, if, if this went wrong, if this didn't work out, he's pretty much, you know, he wouldn't have been done really in England, wouldn't he? Um, so he took that risk. I mean, he's looked at the squad and gone, this can work with my philosophy, stuck with it. And, and it's easy to think that, oh, well, obviously it was going to work. We didn't work for West Brom, we didn't work for Sheffield United. It was not a guarantee, and we, we've talked about this before. Absolutely not. You know, but all three uh, sides that were relegated were in similar positions, changed their manager, <laughs> and one, one manager's left standing. So, um, look, I, he's, he took great pride in, when he was speaking afterwards, not just that, you know, Fulham have won the league and whatever else but the fact that they've done it in this way you know in the, in the first few weeks the first few press conferences the first few times we got to speak to him he would talk about building an idea he would repeat this you know I want to build my idea and then he changed his it. philosophy and instilling that and you know we've all seen it we've all seen the way Fulham play we can all pick it out we can all identify it you, you can all see from the number of goals that Fulham have scored this year what, what he stands for and I think that that really will please him most because he's an ambitious manager. Of course he is. Um, and to be able to step down to championship, to deal with the championship the way he has, to secure promotion the way he has, you know, there's, there's, um, it's been a fantastic, fantastic season for him on a personal level. And I think he also spoke about the pride of, of being regarded, of having that high regard from supporters because, you know, Fulham have had a handful of titles in this, in their history handful of champions champions you know and they've been promoted three times the last five years fine but to do what Fulham have done to have to be held in that regard I mean it you know you could see what that meant as well so um you know it's 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 understand it's understandable that he um that we feel that way and and he, he has done a fantastic job and I don't and we can't underestimate that you know we talked about length about how he's brought players back and got them to and he's improved players too Right, well, that will do for the podcast today. couple of final bits of admin. First of all, Drew, what would you like to name the pod? Now, look, Michael mate, Hector's Magic. No, we're not naming it Michael. We're not naming <laughs> Where's it. Where's the magic hat? We, we had this argument before the pod. We're not naming it Michael Hector's Magic. Nothing against Michael Hector, but we're not naming it. I remember that um, Arise Sir Joe was the name of the podcast after the Brentford playoff final. I feel like it's a, a, big, a big name. So what are you going to go for? We've got horns. Silver to gold. <laughs> Do you know what? It's it's so difficult, and I want to mention Mitro in in some way, but the best way I can do it is Alvar's history records perfection because it was the perfect day. Yeah, that's the best three word review. Well done, Drew. Thank you very much. The other bit of admin that I didn't do at the start of the podcast was that. In this scenario that I've got in the middle of a shed in the Jolly Gardeners, I don't have a horn. I should have brought the air horn that I have. I forgot it. So I'm going to put it in in post-production, but I hope you enjoy it. So all aboard. Thank you so much for listening. A bit of a chaotic pod, but what did you expect after Fulham won 7-0, won the title, John McElserry scored, Mitrovic broke the record, we broke 100 goals, and we're nearly going to break the championship goal-scoring record as well. It's been a remarkable day. I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast. The Thursday Club will be back on Thursday as ever with myself, Jack and Peter, looking back again with a bit more time to take in everything 
after the game today and of course looking ahead to Saturday's final game of the season against Sheffield United but I'll thank my guests for today Drew Healy thank you very much thank you Sammy Peter Rutzler thank you for coming along no, thank you Farrell Monk thank you you white Jack Collins thank you my collector's magic <laughs> Ben Jarman thank you thank you very much Sammy see you in Canada I really hope that you have a brilliant start of your week Fulham are champions have a stride in your step and we'll see you on the next podcast. Come on, you whites. You whites. Toodles. <laughs>